Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tammy K. Arthur and Chad Michael Peters were a couple from Corpus Christi, Texas. They had recently moved there from Ohio and gotten new jobs. On November 7, 2018, Tammy and Chad were seen on video traveling into Mexico. Their car was loaded as if they were moving there. Yet a couple days later, Tammy made a call in which she said she was back in Texas. They were never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. to politics, travel, ancestry, or cuisine, different images will come to your mind when I say the word Mexico. Some of you will think of immigration. Others will see views of Acapulco or Cancun. I'm sure some of you will think of your family who live there. And others will instantly sense the smell of Taco Bell. Yes, I know, I know, it's not really Mexican food. For me personally, I think of the almost daily stories coming from that country concerning the battles between the government and the drug cartels. In fact, just within the last 48 hours, I watched a video of gunmen in a convoy rolling into a Mexican town where over 20 people were eventually killed. Fortunately, many of the dead were those gunmen. How bad is it? Around the world, the United States has a somewhat violent reputation with just under 5 people per 100,000 being murdered. By comparison, Germany's rate is 0.8 per 100,000 people. What's Mexico's? 22 people per 100,000 citizens. To put it another way, the U.S. is 2.5 times larger in population than Mexico, but we have one quarter the murders that it does. Well, in the cases of Tammy Arthur and Chad Peters, They disappeared after being seen driving into Mexico. And theories abound. They're alive and well and have decided to start new lives there. Or they got caught up in the aforementioned violence and just haven't been identified yet. Or is there another choice? Could it be the answer to their disappearances doesn't actually lie south of the border? And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend, Megan Good's website, charlieproject.org. 
Tammy Arthur and Chad Peters were a couple from Ohio. They moved to Texas to get away from situations and people who had gotten them in trouble over the years. And at the time of their disappearances, they both had been clean and sober for many months. In Corpus Christi, Texas, Tammy had taken on two jobs, while Chad worked as an electrical repairman. They were doing fine. In fact, just two weeks before their disappearances, they had gone on a cruise out of Florida. To anyone's knowledge, neither had any connections to Mexico. Yet, on November 7, 2018, Tammy and Chad were seen on video in their 2018 Honda Civic driving into that country. The tiny car seemed to be packed to the brim with their stuff. The two had not mentioned to anyone their intentions, although Tammy had said something to her mother about Mexico approximately a month before. The video seemed to be the end of their trail. However, in subsequent discussions between friends and family, they discovered that Tammy had called a friend on November 9th, two days after the video. Tammy said she was in Bruni, Texas. However, there is no record of their car coming back into Texas after November 7th. The two were never seen again. This case very well could be a situation where two people decided to leave it all behind. Tammy and Chad wouldn't be the first young people to do so. However, questions remain that could point you, the listeners, in a different direction. Number one, are we to believe a message Tammy left with a friend where she claimed Chad had gotten captured by one of the cartels? Number two, if Tammy made a call from Bruni, Texas to a different friend, also after the video, how did she get back into the United States if her ID was stolen like she said it was? And number three, why did Tammy never send any pictures from the cruise to her friends and family like most people do? Despite the family's concerns, the FBI has deemed their disappearances non-suspicious and just two adults making the choice to leave the United States and live in Mexico. The guest for this episode is Tammy Arthur's mother, Roxana Regal. Unfound News The December newsletter went out this past Monday, December 2nd. If you're on the list, you should have gotten it. If you think you're on the list and didn't, please check your spam folder. Sometimes emails from MailChimp the service I use, are marked as spam. If you're not on the list, please let me know by emailing me at unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Next, we're getting near the end of the year, and I'm thinking another update episode is coming up, either the last Friday in December or the first one in January. Lots to talk about already, and we still have a month to go. I'm ecstatic that I can assure you a couple cases that have never been mentioned in the previous three episodes will be covered in the next one. And finally, my dad's birthday was this past Sunday. I don't think he'll mind me telling all of you that he is now 83. Everyone who knows him says he's in fantastic shape, which is true. He should be here in Florida with me within the next couple weeks. Maybe I should start cleaning this place up where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and Facebook. On Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us on YouTube for the Unfound live show. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. This week, I need to thank Elizabeth. You can also contribute at PayPal, 
unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. That is also the email address. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com. Cards at makeplaincards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfound podcast. And please mention unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the mother of Tammy Arthur, Roxana Regal. Roxana, welcome to Unfound. Thank you, Ed, for having me on the podcast. You're very welcome. I'm really excited to have you on here. As we usually do, let's just start talking about um, the missing person herself, Tammy. You are her mother. First of all, how many children do you have? I have three children. Uh, Tammy, who is 32. Mm-hmm. Cassie, who is 30. And Dakota, who is 23. Wow, so two girls and a boy. Yes, sir. Wow, and Tammy is your oldest. Tammy is my oldest, yes. Okay, and how was that uh, having her having her first, your first child? What, how would you um, explain Tammy being a little girl, and how was that? Tammy was uh, an amazing baby. Uh, from the day she was born, she slept through the night. She was a happy child. Um, she was my little social butterfly. She was very popular, even in elementary school. Uh, we always had friends over. Um, she was a straight-A student. She um, she loved to cheerlead. Uh, so she did, like, cheerleading, peewee cheerleading, football, basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as her actually doing sports, she... She didn't really like to get dirty and and sweaty, so she stuck to the cheerleading. Uh-huh. Uh huh. As a preteen, um, yeah. She uh, junior high. She kind of started letting her grades slip. Um, mm. Normal teenage stuff started like you know, hey mom, I'm going to Ashley's house that she would be at Donna's house, for oh, example. Yeah. Yeah. Lying. So skipping school. Um, one time, her and a friend of hers skipped school and went joyriding in the the other mother's van. Unfortunately, they drove to the school at lunchtime to ride around and got caught. Oh no! Um, yeah. So during her preteen, early teenage years, it was it was typical teenage stuff. Uh huh. Um. So, you know, but. Older she got, the the more the school skipping started. Um, she eventually stopped going. Um, well, I need to ask what was what was going on there. Now that you look back at it, of course she's thirty two now, but at the time, you know, this is now let's just say fifteen to seventeen years later. Uh, what do you think was going on at that time? Honestly, I have wondered, and I have questioned myself that exact question. When she got to junior high, like I said, she was a social butterfly, very popular with the popular kids. Um, she tried out for junior high cheerleader that first year, probably seventh grade, and she did not make cheerleader. And after that, it seemed that 
Maybe she didn't feel good enough to be with the same group of kids. She started hanging out with, you know, some kids that I didn't know as much about. Um, You know, then the boyfriend came into play, um, you know, Mm. and he he had his own uh, issues in his life. And I think that that is really where her spiral started, Mm. was around 12 years old. Hmm. Um, she, I, I know she suffered with bouts of depression. Um, we did counseling at one point. Um, yeah. It, it, it just, it seemed like at 12 years old, she, she just felt like she didn't fit in with the group of kids that she was always with. And hmm. then it, it went to kids that, I'm not saying they were bad kids. I'm saying that. You know, they weren't in the popular clique at school, and they weren't into the same things Tammy was into at the time. And I just felt like that in her life, Mm. you know, today as how insignificant that was, that's what turned her life. Mm. So... I think I'm not a parent, as the listeners know, um, but I, I hear a lot of that on this program. You know, especially I, I've talked to mostly mothers for Unfound, and a lot of them have expressed the same kind of things that you are. You know, just just there seemed to be a turning point at one point that their son or daughter, you know, went in a different direction and couldn't talk to their son or daughter about it, or it even could be they tried to, and not even the son or daughter could explain it himself or herself. We hear a lot yeah. about we hear a lot about that on Unfound for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and um, you know the, the skipping school went to um, got to the point where she I I worked out of the home. Um, my husband worked. Um, you know the school would call. Where's Tammy? You know it just got to the point that she wasn't. Um, I would I would tell her she couldn't be with the boyfriend and I would get a call from the school. That's where she would be. Eventually at 17, she just quit coming home. Um, and, and, you know, started living with the boyfriend and his family. Um, you know, so she never graduated high school. Um, she Mm. never, uh, you know, took any kind of college courses or got her GED or anything. Okay. Well, I, I realized that your son was maybe a little, you know, he was nine years younger, but your other daughter was only a couple years younger. Could she, uh, you know, was she any help in this at all? Or, I mean, not to pry, but maybe did she go kind of go down the same path or, you know, was uh, was Tammy close to her younger sister? How would you explain that? They, they were close as children. Um, my, my youngest daughter, Cassie, she has a four year, four years bachelor's degree in, in biochemistry. Wow. Um, and neuroscience. She, her minor was Arabic language. Um, so no, they didn't take the same path. Amy took the hard path. Um, not mm. to say my daughter, Cassie, her life has not yeah. been easy, but. Yeah. You know, it's totally different. They they kind of they love each other and have a good relationship 
when when they speak, when they talk. Mm. Um, now, they haven't spoke for several years um, due to the simple fact of different lifestyles. Yeah. Um, and my daughter lives in Wisconsin. My youngest daughter lives in Wisconsin. Um, but they love each other, and uh, they were very close. They were best friends, you know, growing up. But once those teenage years hit for Tammy, you know, they drifted apart. Okay. All right, so Tammy's the oldest. Uh, she gets to be 17. She essentially moves out of your house into her boyf- with her boyfriend with his parents. Yes. And um, at some point, uh, not only did she start, you know, stop going to school, I mean, did did she get a job then or something, or was she just essentially just hanging out at his place and doing nothing? Just hanging out and doing nothing. Um, Tammy never worked until this last, um, like, 2018. She, she did at work. Okay. I want to talk about that in, in a moment. But when did uh, her addiction start? Was that around the same time that she stopped going to school, or was that later? No, that was later. She was probably, I'll say, 19 or 20 when that started. Um, And she somehow had injured her back, went to a family doctor, uh, and he he prescribed Vicodin Mm. and moved. you know, the boyfriend has had his own addiction problems, um, and they were together, and, you know, they just fed off each other's addiction after that. That also happens a lot in a lot of the cases that we talk about here, for sure. Yeah. Um, so she had this addiction with Vicodin. I- I'm, I'm guessing at some point that she was maybe getting it illegally. You know, was she doc? I guess what they call doctor shopping. You know, getting oh, yeah. the things, for, you know, the stuff from different doctors, and the doctors didn't know that she was going other places. That happens quite a bit. Is that what was going on? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Or you know, also uh, uh, hospital hopping, going to this ER. Mm-hmm. So, wow. and plus find them on the street, going to the next ER. Uh, her addiction was opiates for sure. Right. As, uh, it's, a, it's a very big problem here in the United States, especially within the like the last 15 years, for yeah. sure. If people from all walks of life all over the country, does not matter education, gender, ethnicity, or anything else, age, it seems like it covers just about every demographic out there, for sure. Uh, how often during this time, um, how often were you seeing her and talking to her, being that she wasn't living at home anymore? Oh, at least once a week. I mean, she always has kept in contact. Um, you know, during her, her, her darkest addiction hour, she stayed in contact, whether it be, hey, mom, can you give me a ride? Or, hey, mom, can you give me $20? Hey, mom, can you buy me a pop? Hey, mom, can you buy me a pack of cigarettes? She has always stayed in contact, even, like I said, during her darkest hours in that active addiction she was in contact with not not only me, but my aunt, her great aunt. Um, you know, we always heard from her, always. During those uh, years, those early years, let's just say between the ages of 20 and 25, did she try to get help? Did she try to go, you know, to uh, Narcotics Anonymous? Or, you know, did she try to get clean up and it didn't stick? Or was she pretty into it, you know, pretty deep? 
she was pretty into it pretty deep. She, honestly, she, you know, along with drug addiction comes uh, legal problems. Yeah. Um, you know, she would go, she would get a charge like drug paraphernalia, uh, you know, be court-ordered to outpatient counseling. You know, she'd never go to the appointment. It wasn't until by the end of December 2017, starting into 2018, the new year, mm-hmm. that she started talking about getting help. And, you know, I asked her one time, you know, what made you want help now after all these years and, and all the things that you've been through? And her answer was, I can't get high any longer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I'm going to turn to next. Speaking of heroin. Yeah. 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 So, um, that's, I think, that's what brought it to a, a slowdown, I will say, mm-hmm. was that. You know, she was she was hustling every day. They were they were hustling. She was no longer getting high, and she knew what the next step was going to be. So, so did she quit uh, cold turkey? Did she go into a program? How did she how did she do it? <clears throat> she um, and I believe me. I, I don't condemn this either, but mm-hmm. she started smoking marijuana. Mm. Um, she suffers with generali- generalized anxiety disorder and depression. Um, so the, the marijuana helped with, like, the withdrawal and the um, uh, anxiety from the from not using. Yeah. And she um, – but, you know, looking back – <laughs> And when she was 19 or 20, she came home and said, Mom, I smoke pot. At this point right now, I would have been okay with that. It's not that I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Looking back on what she has lived, how she has lived her life, I would have taken the lesser of the two evils. But, yeah. but she, um, she got put on probation again, and um, she talked to the probation officer, and she said, "Look, I want to. I want to stop." And she requested to be put on the Vivitrol shot, which is an opiate blocker. Uh, it's a 28-day shot um, that an, an addict uses. They go to the to the clinic, get their shot every 28 days. At that time in in Ohio, in our county, that program has a long waiting list. So what the the probation officer did, he put her with a Suboxone clinic, with a Suboxone doctor. And that's, she started using the Suboxone waiting to get into the Vivitrol program. Okay. So that's that's how that, her getting clean started. Well, you had to be um, pretty happy about that after seeing, um, I mean, for what, essentially like 10 years? Of, yeah. You know, you had to be pretty excited about that. I was. She was a she was my little girl again. Mm-hmm. And we had the best relationship we had had in our life. 
since she was a, a little girl, uh, you know, before her teenage years. Mm. You know, we were able to go out and do lunch. I was able to have her in my home without worrying of, you know, something coming up missing, something coming up missing, or, you know, it was, you know, I love you, Mom, instead of, I hate you because you won't give me $20 for a peel, right. you know. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I was excited. I was very proud of her. She took it as prescribed. She went to every probation appointment. She went... She never missed a drug test. Um, so, yes, I was pretty proud of her and excited for her new life. Okay. All right. I think, uh, obviously, as listeners can tell, it's very difficult for you to talk about that. And I appreciate, yeah. you, I appreciate you being very honest and upfront, you know, with what, you know, uh, Tammy and you, you, you know, went through during those years. And as the listeners know, the only reason we talk about these types of things is not to point out people's addictions and flaws and things because as you would imagine that's a conversation we have often on this program but we talk about it because when drugs come up it is a possibility that they could be a factor in the disappearance could be that's the only reason it's the only reason we talk about them um but we can move on now um let's talk about chad peters who of course is also missing uh how did he and tammy meet um from what Tammy and Chad told me, uh, Chad had his own addiction issues. Um, so they met, you know, same, using the same dealer, uh, being at the same parties, uh, that type of thing. Okay. And would you say that they got clean together? Um, I would say, I would say so. Um, Chad wasn't into. Uh, any kind of program, um, you know, he wasn't um, taking anything, you know, to help him stay clean. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think if Tammy was able to stay clean, Chad could stay clean. Okay. Um, but, I mean, that's how I saw it in their relationship when I was with them. Okay. And we should maybe understand where... Where was Tammy? Where was she living? And where was Chad? Where did they meet? In what state? What what city? What town? Okay, they met in um, in Ohio. In Chad is from Vinton County, Ohio, and we are from Jackson County, Ohio, which is mm. side by side. Okay. So it's like being in the same same area or same town, but just mm. different counties. Okay. Uh, you said you got to meet Chad a little bit. What did you What did you think of him in general? Uh, good for your daughter. Did you think that you know? Were you suspicious of him? If you If you can say, um, Chad was a very is a very complex person. Um, when they were using, I did I did not think Chad and Tammy were good together. When they were using during their addiction, they were toxic together. Mm -hmm. Once they got clean, and I got to spend a lot of time with them once they moved to Texas. Chad, if Chad was not the same place Tammy was, he would get very paranoid. Uh, he would think that she was off, you know, with other men. Uh, he would accuse her of being with other men. 
But when they were together, together, side by side, same room, same place, he treated her like a queen. I mean, they were they were good together, queen. Okay. Um, but like I said, that goes back to if they weren't together in the same place, his paranoia kicked in. And during the time that they were here in Texas, he honestly had no reason to to think that. Okay. Um, but he he couldn't he couldn't stop. Okay, let me ask you. We need to be specific about this. Did you actually experience Chad being like this, or is this just what Tammy told you? No, I have experienced Chad um, being like this. Um, like him texting me, uh, mm-hmm. Tammy's Tammy's gone. I know she's with some other guy. You know, I, that, I have literally talked him off a cliff about this stuff through text messages. Mm. Okay. Before. Okay. All right. So they're in Ohio. You are seeing them once in a while, as you just said. Um, when do they move to Texas? Why did they move to Texas? Okay, they moved to Texas um, June of 2018. Uh, they moved to Texas because they needed to get away from people, places, and things in Ohio that, you know, jeopardized their, their sobriety. Uh, they wanted a clean start. They wanted to go somewhere where nobody knew them. Um and to do that, Tammy had to get permission from her probation officer. Yeah, I would suspect so. I would suspect so. Yeah, they approved it with the condition that she calls in the first week of every month and that she pays on her fines. So she did that until November was her last call in with her probation officer. November seven, November 2nd. And I have spoken to the probation officer, mm-hmm. and she verified. Tammy called in November 2nd, paid on her fine November 5th, and that was the last contact with Tammy. Okay, and I certainly want to talk about that um, when we get to that. Why is it, do you think, that they if they moved from Ohio, why did they go to Texas? Why didn't they go to Nevada or California, Florida? What was it about Texas? Because I was there. All right, so you were there. You had moved there before or after they did, I guess before. Before, yes. I've been in Texas four years now. Okay. And so when they moved to Texas, how often were you seeing them? Um, Were they close? How how were things there? When they first moved to Texas, they were in Odessa. Um, They were there about two weeks. Then they came and stayed with me and my husband in Mm -hmm. Abilene. And they were there about two weeks before they moved to Corpus Christi. Okay. And then... During the time they lived in Corpus Christi, they would come up and visit. Um, my husband has a job that, that they have going in Corpus Christi. So my husband and I were down there a lot, too. So, I mean, on average, we probably saw each other at least once or twice a week. Okay. And how were they doing? They were doing great. Okay. Um, Tammy was working um, two jobs. uh I didn't really understand. I know it was like online um, merchandising. Um, her company, and I don't know the name of the company. She told me when she started, but I, for the life of me, I cannot remember. But she would go. They would send her like to department stores, 
and she would do like display counters or, or um, you know, she would do like mystery shopping where she would, uh, you know, go in, <clears throat> ask like specific questions and, and deal with like mm-hmm. management. And yeah. she would do a report and send it into the company. Okay. Okay. And what was Chad doing? Uh, Chad had, he had actually graduated a uh, lineman school in Ohio. And when they moved to Texas, he, uh, he joined the electrical lineman union, the IBEW. Mm-hmm. And they actually had sent him at one point in early October to Bruny, Texas to a windmill farm. Um, and they got rained out all that week. So that was the only job that I have knowledge of that Chad actually went to through the union. Huh. Do you know when that was? What, do you think that was right after they got to Texas, or was, do you think that was closer to the disappearance time? I think it was closer to the disappearance. It was in October. Okay. All right. So, and I realize that sometimes those kinds of jobs can be hit and miss. You know, you can be very, 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 very busy. And then I know that you could be laid off for a while. That's my perception, yeah. although, although I've never had a job in that field, but that's my perception. Yeah, okay, that's so, my knowledge is. Okay, so he had that, but um, he did get, though, maybe this could be a factor in it. Did you tell me in one of our conversations that he had gotten some money maybe before they left Ohio, something like that? They got – Chad had sold uh, some property that he owned there in Ohio. So that was after they came to Texas. Uh, so mm-hmm. he did have that money uh, okay. that he that he was living, you know, uh, off of also. Okay. So maybe that could be a factor too. I mean all of us maybe if we've – I don't know how many people this happens to, but maybe we get an inheritance or something – and we said maybe we're going to take it easy just for a month or something. That that could, yes. you know, $20,000 if they're living smart, it could last a little while. So maybe that's yes. possible. Certainly possible. Yes. Okay. Certainly possible. Yes. Okay. Now, this is something that I think is going to come up later, but we need to talk about it. And this is a cruise that Chad and Tammy went on. When did you find out that they were going on the cruise? What can you tell the listeners about that? Um, I found out the cruise was a a, a last minute thing. Um, I didn't I didn't find out till they were on their way uh, from Corpus Christi to Dallas Fort Worth Airport, hmm. and Tammy had called and she said, "Mom, we need our birth certificates to go on the cruise." And she said, "That's that's I think we do. Can you have?" a family member of of ours, mine and Tammy's, go to the health department and get our birth certificates and have her overnight them to us in Tampa at the hotel they were going to be staying at. So we we got that worked out well before, I don't know, it was a couple hours later, Tammy had called me. They they weren't in Tampa yet. They weren't in Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were still in Dallas. And she said, no, we just found out we don't need our, our birth certificates or passports. We just need a valid ID. So that was the last time that um, about the, the cruise. That, that's when I found out about the cruise. 
You found on it, let's just say, essentially the day they were going. Yes, the day mm-hmm. before they were pulling out of port. Um, so, yeah, it was a last-minute thing, just out of the blue. Okay. Um, do you believe that they flew from Dallas? Of course, I live in the Tampa area. Do you believe that they flew from Dallas to Tampa, and that's where the, the crews left from? Or did they drive over here, or, or what? No, they, they flew from Dallas to Tampa. Okay. And did the cruise ship leave from Tampa, to your knowledge? Yes. Okay. Yes, to my knowledge, that's what I was told. Okay, and did at any point, did Tammy or Chad give you like an itinerary, how many days they were going to be gone, where they were going, the cruise line, anything? Um, the, I know the cruise was a five-day cruise. That's what she had told me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the cruise line. The in my research um, last year, she didn't tell me what the cruise line was. The cruise line for, and I I went on that they were leaving port October 29th, 2018. The only cruise ship line that left Tampa port on October 29th was Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. Okay. And that was just me looking mm-hmm. things up and trying to do some research. But I was not told that by Tammy that's the cruise line they took. Okay. And she and I'm, I'm guessing being that you found that, maybe you found the itinerary. She didn't tell it to you, but you found out about the itinerary. Yes. Well, I just found out that that's the cruise line that went out. I, I didn't find anything else out. Okay. Now, while they were on this cruise, did she contact you? Did she email you? Did she send you any pictures? Did Chad talk to anybody in his family? To your knowledge. I got no pictures from Chad or Tammy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did get a text from Tammy, and it was October 30th, and it said, you know, essentially having a good time. The water is so blue. We are able to get off the ship tomorrow on an island and go sightseeing. Uh, You know, I said take lots of pictures, you know. We love each other, and that was that. That was the last time I personally had contact with my daughter. Okay, and that was on October 30th. Yes. Okay. As far as as Chad, I don't know. I have no knowledge that he spoke to his family members during the cruise. Okay. And so when were they supposed to get back? If they, It was a five-day cruise, October 28th, what, November 3rd? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Please. Oh, I was just going to say, I spoke to Chad through a text on November 3rd, and that's when he let me know if I needed Tammy. If I wanted to talk to Tammy, I had to call his phone or text his phone because on the cruise, she either lost or stole, her phone got stolen. On the cruise? On the cruise, yeah. And he said, I'm not buying her a new phone because they had just upgraded. So... Okay. And is it your then understanding, did he say anything about we're going to fly back that night or maybe the next day, November 4th? Um, no, didn't say anything about that. No, nothing about that. Do you know if Chad talked to anybody in his family once they were done with their cruise? Uh, no. Uh, as far as I know, his family's last contact with him 
was like mid mid October. Wow. Okay. All right. So they get back from this cruise, but as you've just said, you actually never spoke to Tammy once the cruise came back. Correct. Um, I did not speak uh, to Tammy. Okay. Um, and so they get back to Texas. Were you expecting to for them to stop over at your place? I mean, what were your expectations once they did get back to Texas? Let's say November fourth. Did you think that you know they'd you know let you know, hey, we're going to come over you know that weekend or hang out or what, what were your expectations? Um, I, I really didn't expect to see them face to face. Um, you know, I I mean, I I guess I really didn't. We, I really didn't have any expectations. I mm. just always heard from her. Okay. Um, you know, when I heard from Chad saying, hey, if you need Tammy, you got to use my phone. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, you know, I just thought, well, you know, she'll either get a hold of me or I'll get a hold of her. Okay. But you just never did. But like you said, you, you thought that she'd never phone anymore, so it was useless to call her number. Right. Right. It was right. useless. Okay. All right, so they get back from this cruise. They seemingly get back to Texas, but you don't have any contact with them. I've not spoken to anybody in Chad's family, but I think that you probably I'm going to believe you on this. That, that you know, if they're saying they didn't have any contact with him since mid October, I'm going to I'm inclined to believe that. Okay, so they get back, and is there any proof that Tammy went? Being that Chad seemed to have a hit and miss uh, job routine. Is there any evidence that Tammy ever went back to her job once she got back? No, I, no, I, I have no idea if she went back. Um, yep. I, no, I, I have no, no proof that she went back or that she didn't go back. Okay. And, and so in the past year, we have to remember this is a fairly new disappearance, at least in unfounds world. You've never spoken to anybody, uh, a supervisor, anybody that you worked with about whether she went back to work or not. No, no. Like I said, when she first started a job, she gave me the name of the company, but you know that was just in passing conversation. It never mm. stuck in my head. Okay. So I, I don't know the company's name to even contact them. Okay, fine. Let's talk a little bit about Mexico, um, being that um, it's certainly a big part of this disappearance. Did Tammy, when you spoke to her in those few months before she disappeared, did she ever talk about Mexico? She had um, for Chad's when Chad Union sent him to the Bruni, Texas job. Like I said, it got rained out that entire week that they were staying in Bruni, Texas. Uh, she had messaged me probably on that Wednesday, and this was probably around um, October, the week of October 22nd, maybe, Okay. was when they were in Bruni, Texas. And she texted me. She said, Mom, someone told us here in Bruni that we get a, a day pass. We could go over to Mexico with our IDs without a passport. We want to go over and just, you know, walk around, have lunch. I said, Tammy, you can go to Mexico, but you're not going to get back without a passport. I said, do not go to Mexico. Hmm. And she said, okay, we won't go, you know, because I was really stressing to her how dangerous it could be without a passport. 
And um, so she finally ended up saying, okay, we won't go. So that whole week they were just in Bernie, Texas in a hotel because Chad couldn't work that week. So as far as I know, that, that week that they were in Bernie, they did not cross into Mexico. Okay. I guess to put together this timeline a little bit more, so they were in Bruni, Texas, then all of a sudden when they come back, they're automatically going on a cruise. That's yes. kind of, that's kind of how it worked yes. out. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I was, I was, I was kind of surprised. Uh, you know, like I said, the cruise was, was not something that they had really ever mentioned. It was mm. just out of the blue, you know, Chad got, got extra money and they booked a cruise. Okay. You could certainly go on a, uh, a decent cruise, um, getting, tw- I, I think it was $20,000. Obviously, that would be more than enough to go on, on a cruise. So I guess that's, that's certainly possible. Um, okay. Uh, to your knowledge, did Chad ever mention Mexico to his family? Not that I know of. Okay. All right. So then in Bruni, Texas, starting October 22nd, he gets rained out for this job. And immediately after that, they're going on this cruise. They come back. Um, but you, the last contact you have with Tammy is on October 30th, but you do talk to Chad on November 3rd, November 4th. Yes, November 3rd and on the 4th. Okay. But you don't hear anything from Tammy. I'm sure people are are getting a a little suspicious about all this, but I think some of this will be resolved here in a moment. So we move up. So when do you... And listeners should understand, there's not a lot of facts regarding this disappearance. We don't know what they were doing for those next few days. But when do you start to get a bad feeling? You know, I haven't heard from Tammy. I haven't heard from Chad. What date was it that maybe you started thinking something was up? Um, I don't know the exact date. It was probably mid-November, probably hmm. a couple – two weeks. Wow. And, um, you know, I did, like I said, I didn't think nothing about it because, you know, as far as I knew, they were back from the cruise. You know, I knew she, she you know, worked. Um, so I, I go on Facebook and I see a post from Chad's family about him missing. So I contact them and I'm like, hey, you know, Chad is my daughter's boyfriend. Um you know, why, why do you think he's missing? This is when I talked to him last. And um, his sister uh, said that he had not been in contact with his father since mid-October. Right. And uh, Chad frequently checked on his, his dad. His dad is, is elderly and, you know, not in the best health. And so Chad did communicate regularly with his father. So that kind of put up a red flag to them. So wow. then that got me, you know, uh, mm. that put me on the radar with Tammy. Hey, I haven't, I haven't heard from her either. All right, so they haven't heard from him. You haven't heard from her. Um, okay. At that point, I, did they say in their conversations they were trying to call Chad and he wasn't calling them back? It was going to voicemail. It, it, yes, it was going to voicemail, and and I know you know for myself once I knew or once I you know had had knowledge that they could be missing, 
I called his phone several times a day, and they did also, and it went straight to voicemail every time we called. Didn't didn't ring at all, just right to voicemail. Yes. Okay, straight to voicemail. Okay, and we'll just maybe pick out a date here to make this easier. If you're saying it was maybe a couple weeks, would you say November twentieth? Some, yeah, I would say around there. Yeah. Okay, let's just pick out the date of no. We uh, I don't know if that's the precise date, but that'll uh, that'll help us with the timeline uh, a little a little bit, just so the listeners can understand it. So a couple weeks yeah. later, let's just say November twentieth, you see this post from his family. Of course, you automatically get concerned. I'm yeah. sure they're already concerned. And in those conversations, maybe before you went to the police or they went to the police, um, did you? You and Chad's family throw around any ideas of what could be going on? No, not really at that time. I mean, not myself nor his family knew of any reason why they would go to Mexico. We just couldn't put the pieces together what the reasoning would have been. Yeah, but did you know at that time? Did Were they the ones – you really – all you knew was that Tammy had told you about Mexico – but when you talk to them, I mean, did Mexico even come up? Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I misunderstood your question. That's all right. I'll, I'll ask it again. That's fine. When you and Chad's family um, started talking, well, you know, we haven't heard from Chad. We haven't heard from Tammy. Did you th- start throwing around some theories about what could be going on? Okay. Uh, the reason Mexico came up was – uh, there was a, a voicemail, a message on an answering machine to a friend of Chad's and his family, a friend, family friend named Tom. Uh, he had actually received a phone call uh, November 7th, November 9th, maybe, uh, and he, he hadn't answered it or he wasn't home, and it was my daughter, Tammy leaving Tom a message stating that she was worried about Chad, the Mexican cartel, stole their car, took all their belongings, including IDs, birth certificates, passports, uh, and took Chad. And Chad, Chad had left his phone at the hotel with her that day. She was worried because Chad had not came back yet. Wow. That was a voicemail. That's why we we assumed that they had crossed the border into Mexico. Oh my gosh! Yes. So I'm, I'm sure. We, I mean, you were already concerned a little bit. I'm sure when they told you that, it just went up yeah. by infinity. Your concern yeah. went up by infinity. Right, and I um, I just actually found out about the recording. Um, I didn't know that this voicemail existed until just recently when I got to. Mm. Um, so I, I'm as far as the recording goes, I'm behind a year. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it. Chad's nephew thought that he had sent it to me, but he okay. hadn't actually sent it. Okay. So, so let me ask you this a qu- a question again, Roxana. When you being that you didn't find out about this message until recently, at the time, November twentieth. When you knew that Tammy and Chad were missing, what were the theories that came up that they could be missing on that day? I mean, my thought was they they went to Mexico 
sightseeing, you know, mm-hmm. they, they thought they were able to, and and something happened. Something okay. happened. Okay, and did you think that because you th- of thinking back to when, when Tammy mentioned to you about Mexico? Exactly, exactly. Okay. And I actually thought um, – I actually thought that at the time, because I knew they didn't have passports. I knew mm. they only had valid IDs. At the time, I was thinking they were being detained because mm. they didn't have the proper documentation to get back across the border. Okay. So let me just maybe paint out a scenario for you, although this is not necessarily theorizing. So they go to Bruni, Texas for Chad's job. Yeah. Then they go on the cruise. They come back, don't contact you uh, when they get back. He doesn't contact his family, but then at some point, your best guess was that sometime in 5th, the 6th, the 7th, some of the 8th, ninth, whenever, they went into Mexico and got stuck or yeah. something like that. And so when you found out, you saw this message that the family, Chad's family, had put out there, that is what came to your mind when you saw that. Yes. Okay. Yes. What did – was that their belief as well, or did they have a, a different theory? Um, I don't know that they really even had a theory. Um, they, they went off of that, um, that, that recording. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they went off of, okay, they went to Mexico, they got into some trouble, and, you know, where are they now? Okay. Of, of course, we're going to talk about that. Um, being that you, I just want to try to follow you know, what you knew. Of course, you didn't find out about this message until recently. I, of course, want to talk about the reasons for that. We will come back to that message. But at that time on November 20th, did you and they contact the police and say, hey, our, our you know, kids are missing? Yes. Uh, they contacted Corpus Christi, and because they were in Ohio, they were able to do it over the phone. Um. Because I was in Texas, they preferred that I come to Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. So with the holiday and and that, I wasn't actually able to file my missing persons report actually until December 5th when I was able to travel to Corpus Christi. But they were aware, and they did have in Chad's report that he was last seen, you know, with Tammy. Okay. Um, and so between the 20th and the, the Corpus Christi uh, missing persons report, I was on the phone with the U.S. Embassy in Mexico City. Um, mm-hmm. Got a report with them. They told me I had to file a missing persons report with the Mexican authorities. They gave me a number. Uh, they said I would need a Spanish interpreter because I wasn't going to get anyone speaking English on my mm. first phone call. Mm-hmm. So I actually went to my police department in Abilene, and they sent over a Spanish-speaking officer on, I think it was November 30th. He called the Mexican number, authority number that the embassy gave me. It was to a federal detention center in Mexico, and they were not happy at all that this officer called their their number to file a missing persons report. It was a very bad conversation. Oh, they no. were not happy at all with him. 
Why, why, why were they? Once again, I realize you, you. I'm guessing you don't speak Spanish. I don't either. You don't speak. No, I okay. Don't. What was the nature of the? What would you say was the nature of them being angry that the phone number wasn't supposed to be given out, or that that wouldn't be the place to call? What was the I, nature of their anger? I think it was that that was not the place to call. Okay. All right. Did that? Then, then did they give uh, your police department the proper number to call? No, they didn't. They did not. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you just left it at that? We did leave it at that, yeah. Okay, and then uh, am I to then understand now a year later that the Mexican authorities are not involved in this disappearance at all? They are not. Um, now we, we now that, that you know, our case is, is getting some – some publicity and mm -hmm. stuff. I am working with the U.S. Citizen Services. Um, I actually got their email today to file a report uh, in Mexico, um, and they will look for jail, look in jails, hospitals, um, morgues. Um, you know, they'll mm -hmm. rule out those kinds of agencies in Mexico uh, that where Tammy and Chad may or may not be. Okay. But we have to remember something. I think this is very important uh, uh, about this. You know, we don't uh, – we've covered a few disappearances outside the United States. Uh, we even went to Africa very early on in Unfound's existence. We've covered some disappearances uh, in Canada as well. But this is the first one where we have uh, American citizens going into a – you know, possibly into another country and, you know, and, you know having jurisdiction problems and, of course, language issues etc. But I want the listeners to remember the only reason that you were even calling Mexico is because of what Tammy said to you like the month before. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Yes. Did you at any point did were you also having the police look around Corpus Christi, Bruni, you know, was there a be on the lookout for their vehicle with a license plate number in the United States as well? Yes. Yes, there oh, was. Okay, but uh, so I'm guessing you were just trying to cover all bases, you could say, both the United States and in Mexico, just in case. Yes. Okay. Thank you. That. All right. Thank you for that. I think that's um, very understandable now. Okay. So you have um, you're not having a lot of luck with the Mexican authorities, but you have the uh, United States authorities, just like your average. Disappearance case. You got the descriptions. You got the vehicle. Be on the lookout, uh, etc. Um, and and so, I think you said Chad's family does not is not in Texas. They are in Ohio. Yes, they okay. are. They live in Ohio. Yes. Okay. Would you say then that being that you lived in Texas, uh, were you kind of the point person for Chad's side of it as well, or when you went in there, did you just do things for Tammy? No, no, I, I did things for Chad. Okay. I, I mean, okay. yeah, and their, 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 their point of person contact with the authorities was Chad's nephew, Eric. And Eric and I, Eric and I have been working together since day one. Great. Great. So. Great. Okay. So you didn't, I, the way I, you know, read this is that at that point, let's say November 20th or December 5th, whatever date we want to pick out in those few weeks you didn't have a lot of information to go on no barely anything all right for all you knew they could have been in california exactly and once again you personally didn't know about that phone call what's once again 
is very important, but I don't want to talk about it right at this second because I want to try to keep this all together. All right, so you have everybody, everybody looking. Um, let's talk about this then. Um, when did the FBI get involved? The FBI got involved pretty quickly. Uh, Chad's nephew, Eric, um, he, he finally got them involved. But like I said, it was within the first month. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a phone call uh, from an agent, David Troutman with, Troutman, with the field office in Corpus Christi. Um, one day, uh, you know, hey, I'm the agent on your case. Uh, like two days later, he calls me back, and he says, um, here's, here's what we found out. Um, Tammy and Chad were seen on video crossing back and forth across the border several times. The last time they were seen was on November 7th crossing into Mexico with their car loaded down with their, their belongings. Hmm. So as far as the FBI was concerned, they were not in distress. They weren't being forced. Mm-hmm. He had not received a, a ransom call. We had not received a ransom letter. So the FBI concluded their case with saying they moved to Mexico. Wow. Okay. So I guess with when you did talk to the FBI, and and I, as I've been able to find out from one of my contacts who would know something like this, the FBI, what they probably did is when you contacted them, what they didn't do was go through all the video. What they probably did, they take pictures of all of the license plates that go across the between the United States and Mexico, and it goes into a database. That database is very easy to go through, electronic, of course. And then, just so the listeners understand it, this is most likely what happened. And then once they found the license plate of Tammy and Chad's car, they then would know where to look in the video of that particular time, you know, that particular date, and see if it was them or not driving the vehicle. That is most likely how they figured out it was November 7th. That's, you know, and I've already, of course, told you this in a prior conversation. That's what we believe happened. That's most likely what happened, but we don't know that uh, for a fact, but it may make a lot of sense. So that's probably what the FBI did. I'm guessing that when you heard that, that I guess confirmed your suspicions. You were already talking about Mexico, and then the FBI says, yep, we saw them going there. Yes, that confirmed that. Okay. And confirmed to me that they, they did cross into Mexico. Okay. And you had said, and I think this is very important, that the FBI said that they had at least the the license plate going back and forth between Mexico several times. Did this Agent Troutman tell you several times over what period of time, a month, a week, anything? He he did not say. Okay. So we don't know if that's several times since they moved to Texas – we don't know if it was several times since they got back from the cruise. We just don't know. Correct. Okay. Correct. And uh, my my niece, who is a detective, actually mm-hmm. spoke with with Agent Troutman um, not last week, the week before, and uh, he would not answer any further questions. Mm-hmm. That's not surprising. 
I, yeah. I mean, and we've talked about this. But I don't know if we really want to get into all of that in this interview anyway, but uh, police departments, they're only going to tell you so much. Yeah. You know, it's just that's just the way it is. And maybe we should just leave it at, at that for now. I think we'll talk about yeah. the FBI here in a little bit more anyway. All right. So you found out about this video. They're moving there. You had to be stunned. Yeah. Um, when he said their, their car was loaded down with stuff, um, mm-hmm. I know myself, their lease was up at their apartment in Corpus Christi on November 1st. Uh, the last time Tammy and I had spoke about it, they hadn't decided if they were going to stay in Corpus Christi or not. Uh, so that their stuff being in their car could have been that they didn't find another lease. Well, I know they didn't. So their stuff being in their car, that could have been, you know, they, they were moving on to somewhere else. But I, they would never move to Mexico. Okay. Can I ask you this? When the FBI told you that, um, you're saying that the lease was up. So it wasn't like you could just go over to their apartment and see how much they took because their lease was up on the first anyway. Yes, but uh, Chad's nephew, Eric, did speak to the landlord. Mm-hmm. And she said that they they had moved out. Most of their stuff was gone. There were a few big things uh, like a computer desk, pots and pans, uh, that kind of thing that were left there. But she had already gotten rid of it and cleaned the apartment out. Of course. Okay. We sure uh, they're driving a Honda Civic. You of course could not put a computer desk in a Honda Civic, so I guess that would that would make sense. Yes, that that makes sense to me. Okay. Did the landlord ever say anything about any conversations she had with either of them about them saying about moving to Mexico? What did she think that they were doing? Uh, I I did not speak to the landlord personally. That mm. was Chad's nephew. Uh, I think her her understanding was they just weren't you know signing the year lease that was mm. due, okay. and that they they had moved. Okay, I guess being a renter myself all of my life, um, you know, for example, the last place I lived in Madeira Beach, I got to know my landlord fairly well. In fact, I just saw her within the last ten days. I went stopped down uh, to see her and talk, and she knew where I was moving to. But that you, what you're saying that was not the case with. Uh, Tammy, Chad, and their landlord. No, that was not the case. They had only lived there. Uh, well, they had, when they first moved to Corpus Christi, they signed the lease with her for six months. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if they had that that type of relationship at that point. Okay. Yeah, I lived for, with my. I lived in that rental for like seven years, so that would make sense. I got to know my landlord very well, especially helped that. She lived next door. So I, that might not have been the same situation that they were in. Okay, of course. Okay. All right, so let's move on to – so the FBI is involved. They're telling you about this video. Have you ever seen that video? Have you ever seen a picture from November 7th? No, I have not. Okay. So we're just going by the FBI's word that they, it was them, and I'm going to – I think we're going to choose to believe them. Okay. Let's talk about the car itself, this Honda Civic. It was fairly new, wasn't it? Yes, it was a 2018. They had got it in July of 2018. Do you believe that this car was purchased with some of the money that Chad had gotten from the sale of that property? No. No, No, it it wasn't. No, that was after they got the car. After. Okay. 
And you've had a chance. The car, so the car was being financed, and whose name was it in? Who was the the, the main person on the the finance papers? Uh, I know they were both on the finance papers. I'm, I'm pretty sure Chad was first. Okay. But Tammy had to be on the the financing also because Tammy was the one that had the uh, job at that time. Right. You have you had you've had a chance to talk to the financing company, or I have, I have spoke with um, an investigator for the finance company. Uh, he's a fraud. He was a fraud, fraud investigator, and he had he had telephoned me because I was a reference for Tammy and Chad. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he he phoned me and and said, you know, well, Conda Conda wants me to find this car. I can't get a hold of Tammy or Chad. Could you do you know how I can get a hold of them? So then I, I explained to him the situation and uh, you know he was he was kind of shocked you know that sure. they were missing. I'm sure. Um, so he said you know that they would continue to look for the car um, and he would let me know. Uh, that was probably. Uh, December, January, by January, beginning of January 2019. This year. Okay, so so you got to talk to this uh, investigator. Was he involved because they had not made their car payments? Is that the reason? Yes. Okay. When was the last payment that they made? The last payment that was made was September 2018. The Mm. October payment was not made. Oh, my. So the, I'm guessing that when you say an October payment, do you take that to mean like October 1st? Yes. Okay, yes. so a full month and some days before they disappeared, um, we are to believe that they missed a car payment. Yes, that is my okay. understanding. Okay. And did you also say that – and a lot of finance companies do this these days, especially they can they can do this due to technology – were they pinging the car, or is the car seen somewhere? Did he tell you something about that, that they actually knew the last sighting of the car, something like that? Uh, yes. This was probably in March or April. Uh, I hadn't heard back from him, so I called him, um, and he said that he actually was not on the – did not have Tammy and Chad's case. At that point, but when he was on the case and looking for the car, he said he did see the car in September 2018 in Corpus Christi, and he said it was on like a um, like the cameras that they put up at the stoplights. Yeah, that's where he seen the car, and that was in September 2018. So, and that was in Corpus Christi. Okay. But as far as pinging the car. Um, he never mentioned anything about pinging the car. Okay. Um, I know there's there's still, you know, um, I guess they still want to find the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as him being the case with him, it's no longer with him. Okay. Yeah, because sometimes finance companies um, will put pingers on their cars, especially mm-hmm. if it's like – High risk borrowers, yeah. you know. In particular, I'm not saying that that's what Tammy and Chad are, or were, but sometimes they will do that if people are they think 
likely to default on payments and might disappear with the car. They will put something on the car that cannot be taken off. It can't be, you know, even if you disconnect the battery, it still works. You're telling me that, or telling the listeners that there was nothing like that on this car. Not to my knowledge, there was nothing like that on the car. Okay. And I'm also wondering, a lot of vehicles these days, it's 2018, a lot of cars do have GPS, and sometimes many of them can be tracked. We know that uh, there are theft devices on some cars that could be triggered to track a vehicle down. You don't know if this Honda Civic had that on it or not. No, I, I do not. Okay. All right, that might be something. Uh, obviously, a Honda Civic. It's not a high, you know, it's not a, a, a luxury car. Let's put it this way. I mean, I drive a Hyundai Sonata, which is kind of the same thing, so I know. Um, but it's not a Rolls Royce. It's not a Mercedes or anything like that that have, like, the latest gadgets on them. So maybe that maybe that Civic wouldn't have that on there. Okay. Um, you know, the reason I'm concerned is that, you know, Chad had got this $20,000 and then – you know, what could their car payment been? 250 bucks or something? I'm not sure what the car payment was. But, um, mm-hmm. Okay. I guess what I'm saying is they didn't make their car payment, but they went on a cruise. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a little. And so getting back now to the phone call, we can kind of wrap this, all this car and stuff up. And we have to remember, once again, you didn't find out about this phone call until recently, but the what you've, I've heard the phone call, and in fact, by the time that this episode comes out, the listeners will have heard that phone call. Is this when Tammy says on that answering machine that the car got stolen while they were in Mexico? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about that message again. What exactly is said on that message? Keeping in mind, you didn't find out about this message until recently, but what does the message say? The message says, uh, Tom, this is Tammy Arthur. I'm worried about Chad. The Mexican cartel took our car, our IDs, all our belongings. They took Chad. I have his phone. He doesn't even have his phone with him. Uh, Call me back. She actually says, call me back in the morning um, Mm. on Chad's phone. And I'm worried sick about him. Okay. She sounds sound scared. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, did this did this friend uh, call her back? No, not to my knowledge. Nobody called her back. Why not? I'm not sure why not. I think they thought, you know, it was maybe um, uh, a ploy or a scheme to get you know, money from Tom or something. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why no one called the phone number back. Okay. And once again, you didn't find out about this call until recently. But the way you understand it is when Tom, we're not going to give out his last name, but Tom, when he got the message, your understanding is he didn't call her back. He did not call her back that I know of. That you know of. He may have. You just don't know that. Exactly. Okay. Um, any reason – I mean it's a very, very distressing phone call. Any reason that you think Tammy would have picked Tom to call? And not you, not somebody in Chad's family, somebody else. Why Tom? To be honest with you, I 
I don't know why she picked Tom. I don't know if in her mind she was thinking that she's going to need a lot of money or some money to get Chad back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tom, Tom quite often helped them out financially. Um, uh, you know, I do know that for a fact that they have told me that. Okay. Um, both of them. So I don't know if that was her her thinking, her thought process during that phone call. Hey, if the Mexican cartel has Chad, I'm going to need to be able to have access to money to get him back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what she was thinking, but that is the only thing that I can think of why she would have called Tom and not not anybody else. Okay. Uh, once again, we're not going to reveal Tom's uh, total identity, but is this somebody that – was this a, a friend of Tammy's or a friend of Chad's? How long had they known him? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, a friend of Chad's and his family is what my understanding is. Okay. Tammy only knew Tom through Chad. Okay. Uh, all right. And have you ever had a chance to talk to Tom yourself? No, I have not. Okay. Um, and what date do we believe this call was made? We believe the call was made on November 9th. Okay. So to put this in the timeline, the FBI says the last time they see Tammy and Chad on videos, November 7th, of course, with their car, with all the stuff going to to Mexico. And then two days later, she's making this phone call saying that something bad happened when they got to Mexico. Yes. Okay, so not totally um, crazy, I guess. Maybe that kind of lines up. Has anybody ever been able to prove where she made that call from? Was the phone ever pinged? Uh, anything like that? Uh, not, not to my knowledge. Okay. Uh, the phone, the phone account was in Chad's name. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I don't have access to any of that. But I, I, to my knowledge, it has not been, uh, been pinged, or the records have not. I'm assuming the family would have to have court order to get those records, and I'm not sure if they have went that okay. to that. Side. Okay, that's that's uh, I can understand it. Once again, we have to remember it's Chad's phone. It's, Chad isn't your son. Tammy is your daughter. It's her making the call, but it's not on her phone. So exactly. you you know it's a little bit out of your hands, uh, you know, regarding that particular part of this case. Um. This is the tough question. Have you ever been any given any good reason why it took you, let's just say, almost a year to find out about this call? Um, like I said um, a few minutes ago, the Chad's nephew Eric, like I said, him and I, we worked together many, many months in the beginning, and he thought he had sent it to me. Okay. But that's the only reason that. <coughs> That I had not had it was he had mm-hmm. already thought he had sent it to. All right, that's fine. So there was nothing underhanded going on. It was just a miscommunication. Yeah, I okay. I, I honestly believe that because okay. Eric, Eric and I have worked together. Now there was a point, um, you know, that I stepped back from doing all of this because um, I actually went back to Ohio to help take take care of things, and I just felt like I was going to lose my mind. I bet. So there was a point that I, I stepped back probably four months. Um, so 
mm-hmm. you know, and in those four months, Eric and I had no, no contact, but, mm-hmm. you know, we are back in contact. We are working together again. Um, okay. So that's where we're at. Okay. All right. So you have this uh, phone call, uh, her calling, but we, we should know though that she doesn't actually ask for money. She does not she, ask for money. She no. all she's doing is saying, "I'm a little concerned." These are the reasons. Yeah, and I, I will point out that Tammy would not have contacted any member in Chad's family. Um, mm-hmm. They they um, they just didn't have that type of relationship. So, okay. with it being Chad, her saying Chad was miss, you know, Chad could be in danger. I could understand her calling Tom because Tom was, you know, a family friend. Tom had a, mm-hmm. and Tammy had a relationship, you know, mm-hmm. through Chad. Yeah. Okay. Um, what did what does being that it's Chad, it being that it's Tammy that's making a call, the call, but it's Chad who seemingly was in the custody of the cartel at that point. What has Chad's family said about that part of this? Uh, I have to ask, do they believe the phone call? Um, I think they're suspicious of the phone call. Um, And suspicious because, I say that because, you know, they were newly clean addicts. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Tom did financially support them at different times. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I think that they were suspicious of the phone call being kind of a a scheme or a ploy, Mm -hmm. uh, to get money from Tom for Chad and Tammy. Okay. And I have to admit that is something that people who are addicts, that's something that they do do. They sometimes do make up stories (sighs) and, and, you know, the, of course, we've heard about some of them on the program. I don't have firsthand experience in my life with that, but I've heard many of my guests tell me that. Um, yeah. So it's not out of the realm of possibility of saying that. But once again, she did not ask for money. She didn't she say, did I need $5,000 to get Chad you know, away from the cartel you know, to buy his freedom. She didn't say anything like that. She said nothing like that. Okay, very good. All right. Now, she didn't make another phone call, and we're just going to keep names and places and things out of this. But she did make another phone call um, to a friend. And who? Um, what was the content of that phone call, and when allegedly did that happen? Uh, that happened. She called her friend on November 9th. I'm not sure what time. I think it was later in the like the night time. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Uh, they were talking about Tammy was going to send her some money um, just to help her out. Um, at that time, she did tell the friend they were in Bruni, Texas, uh, and that they were going somewhere somewhere to get something to eat. I don't know if you know anything about Bruni, Texas, but it's a very small, like, like the population's like less than a 1,000 people. Like a one-stoplight town. Yes, yes. So they were going out of Bruni to go eat somewhere. So I'm sure right about now the listeners are saying, so Tammy makes a call to Tom saying that Chad has been gotten by the cartel. What what date was that call allegedly made? 
allegedly it was on November 9th. Okay. Uh, now, it also could have been November 7th that the call to Tom was made, but mm. it, things just don't add up. I mean, the I, dates are a little I, off. I agree with you. That's why I'm going to say, are we – because you've brought up the date November 9th. I'm inclined to believe you. On the, so on the same day she was calling Tom to say that Chad got taken by the cartel and I guess leading you and uh, leading people to believe she's in Mexico, seemingly on the same day, once again, you did not get either phone call, seemingly on the same day she's calling this friend of hers, actually talking to her on the phone, and, and Tammy claims they're in Bruni, Texas, and everything seems fine. Yes, yes. Now I, and Wow. I, I have no idea which phone call was made first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have no clue. I, I know that the friend's call was November 9th. It was later towards nighttime, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I'm not sure exact time. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm positive the phone call to the friend was November 9th. I'm not positive on the phone call to Tom whether it was November 7th or November 9th. After she called her friend. All right. Could it have been November 10th? Could it have been November 11th? Could it have been November 12th? It very well could have been. All right. Well, okay. That might make more sense that they're in Bruni and they go back and they go back to Mexico and then something happens. The problem is the FBI says they have no records of them going back into Mexico after November 7th. Correct. Correct. And maybe the FBI messed up. I, I'm not inclined to believe that, but I guess it's possible. Or Maybe they took a bus. Or they left their car there or something. We, you know, there, there's there's some different possibilities there. Uh, did yeah. this did this friend um, say that Tammy sounded fine? Was it just a regular conversation? Was Tammy her regular self? Yes, just a regular talking conversation, everyday, you mm. know, tone mm. of voice. Just okay. nothing, nothing suspicious, nothing unusual. Am I then to understand that this phone call was made on Chad's phone as well? Yes. Yeah. All right. So it seems then by November 9th that Tammy still had not gotten her own phone. Correct. Okay. Did she offer up any explanation to this friend of why she was using still using Chad's phone? Um, Do you're... I don't think I don't think she did. I think you know, okay. and I, I'm sure the friends had both of their phone numbers at one time. Mm-hmm. So she probably didn't question why she was calling on Chad's phone and not hers. Okay. Yeah, that is, um, and and I guess the other important thing is that uh, did this friend ever get the idea that Tammy might have been high or might have been using again in that conversation? No, she said she sounded good. She sounded normal. All right. No asking for money or any favors, anything like that? No, actually, Tammy was going to send her money to to help her out. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, this uh, – it is certainly something, something – hard things to square at this point. Yes. You know, I, I, I think these are all facts. It's just hard to square them. Okay. Um, now let's move on to a few other things. There is a story, though, of a woman allegedly seeing the two of them in Mexico. Uh, when did this woman say she saw them? Um, how did you find out about it? You can talk as much as you want about that as you can. Okay. Um, 
friend who lives in Florida. Her husband is from Mexico. He's a U.S. citizen now. Um, he visits Mexico for the holidays. Um, so he went, he's went several times um, and taken pictures of Tammy and Chad. <clears throat> uh, this one little town, uh, he was showing, you know, a picture to. The lady said that, and it, I, I don't know exactly where it was, but it was like 20 minutes from the border into Mexico. Mm -hmm. She said she recognized the couple. They are in that area. She said she saw them talking to a farmer uh, that week that he was down there. She saw them talking to a farmer asking for work so they could save money to get back across the border. Uh, they were not seen again while well, my friend was in that area, though. Okay. So this woman says she saw somebody look like these two. Yes. Tammy and Chad. Okay. Yes, and she said she did say they had – she did not see them with cell phones. They didn't have any kind of, of bags or of suitcases, nothing like that. The only thing they had were the clothes on their back. And once again, any idea of the time frame of any of this? No, no. End of nope. December. I know he was there for Christmas uh, 2018 and came back right before the new year. So it okay. would have been sometime between December 25th and January 1st, 2018, 2019. All right. So not quite two months after they disappeared. Correct. Okay. All right. Uh, listeners uh, know how I feel about eyewitness sightings. Uh, generally, they're not very reliable, but maybe it's possible. You know, just it's maybe it's possible that this woman yeah. saw them. I just don't know. In talking to the FBI, I've been talking to them for a while now, uh, particularly Agent Troutman. Uh, has he ever offered up his own opinion about Tammy and Chad's disappearance? Um. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, his his opinion is that they were using, um, possibly trafficking back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, um, that that's pretty much his okay. his attitude. His. Um, What uh, let me uh, let me maybe help you along with this. What okay. he's doing is he's just looking at the video. He's looking at the record of the video. Yeah. He you know he's seeing how two American citizens going in and out of Mexico several times. Yep. He knows that the two of them at least at one time were drug users. They might have cleaned themselves up, but at least at one time they were. Um, these are two people you know maybe that didn't have a ton of money. Uh, they were new to Texas, uh, and he's kind of putting that all together to form his opinion. Yes. yes. Right, okay. And I can't necessarily argue with any of that. I'm not saying that happened, but you can certainly see it from his point of view. And if any people would be experts on drug trafficking and maybe sneaking people into the United States, et cetera, it would be FBI agents near Mexico. Correct. You know, Correct. They, they, they look for – they're profiling certain people. They're profiling certain cars and, and things. So 
Um, I, I can't necessarily, you know, blame him regarding that. However, uh, you did talk to him just within the last few days. Um, what, what, if you can say, you don't have to, if you can say what was the content, what were the topics of that conversation? Uh, the topics of the conversation, uh, and the, the conversation was with my niece, Andrea. Okay. Uh, the conversation was in regards to the, um, recording that we, that we have mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, my niece, uh, she, she, uh, made it, well, it came through messenger to me. So I forwarded it to my niece who made it a digital file mm-hmm. on her laptop. So she actually has that. Okay. So they spoke of the recording. Um, Agent Troutman was very interested in in hearing the the recording. Um, so he requested that that Andrea email him the recording, um, and um, to uh, if we could put together kind of a timeline, you know, of what what we know. Go ahead. Uh, and Andrea and I did that last night, and mm. she emailed. Agent Troutman, that stuff this morning. Mm. So um, he he did request the audio uh, recording be sent to him, which I'm grateful for. Sure. Okay, great. And 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 we should say he contacted her. She didn't contact him. He called her wanting the stuff. Well, she had contacted him when we got the recording. But, of Mm. course, that was – a few days before Thanksgiving, so she mm-hmm. had to leave him a voicemail. But I will say he did return her call to discuss Great. the recording. Great. All right. Well, that's uh, that's a positive uh, development there. It, uh, okay. Yes, it is. All right. And am I to under also understand that maybe he wanted to talk to Tim about that recording as well, or Tom? I'm sorry, Tom. About. Uh, yeah. Yes, he he wanted to. Uh, um, See if he could figure out Tom's last name and uh, possibly speak to Tom, mm-hmm. since Tom was the one that got the phone call. Right. Okay. All right. Well, you will certainly have to keep me uh, posted on, you know, if you can, uh, regarding developments. Uh, you know, one, if Agent Troutman does listen to it, his impressions. If you can say, I'm not saying it will go on the record. Listeners, I can't guarantee that what Roxanne will tell me. I will tell all of you, but I would certainly love to know what he says, you know, and, you know, maybe we can talk it over and, uh, you know, at some future date. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more. You've talked about Eric and, and Chad's family. Um, if, I'm not saying that you need to speak for them, but you've spoken to Eric. Um, do they have a particular opinion about what went on here? Um, I, I think they're thinking the same thing along the lines, you know, that, you know, possibly they started using again, um, you know, went, got, you know, got involved with, with going possibly back and forth through Mexico to the United States. The one thing we both agree on, though, is something has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, to them in the last year yeah. between that that last communication with Tammy until now something has happened neither Tammy nor Chad would not have communication with 
with our family. Chad frequently spoke to his father, um, you know, daily, every other day. You know, Tammy had frequent communication with me. Um, even during, like, the, like I said, even during their, their darkest addiction days, there was still communication. And to go a year without anything, without, without any phone call, text message, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, bank accounts being touched, um, there's, there's something that, that went wrong. There's something that happened to both of them. Right. Speaking of which, being that Chad did get this $20,000, has anybody been able to check his bank account to see if the money's still there? There, is, there has been no activity with his bank account in the last year. Zero. No activity. Yeah. Is, but is there any money left still in the account? Do you, there I, is. There is. Okay. Okay. Um, did you tell me that at one time – uh, Chad's family hired a private investigator. Uh, any leads? Did this person discover anything? To your knowledge, um, the Chad sister uh, had informed me that she had had hired a private investigator. Um, I have no communication with her about the private investigator. Okay. Uh, nothing. All right. So you don't you don't know one way or the other. Exactly. I know nothing about the private investigator. Okay. Do you know if the police, whether the FBI or the local police where the, uh, the missing persons report was filed, have they tried to get Chad's phone records? Being that it seems Tammy was using his phone, uh, that would be something they could easily get. We do talk about phone records on Unfound quite a bit. Uh, you know, Some are easy to get, some not so easy to get. Um, do you know if they've done that to even see if Tammy or Chad had made other phone calls to other people besides Tom, besides this friend, anybody? Um, <clears throat> here, here's here's the thing. Corpus Christi PD. Mm-hmm. Uh, the detective that took my missing persons report after she entered it. She was actually indicted on um, charges. So my my missing persons kind of was in limbo for a while. I do have a detective now, Detective Ramirez. Um, okay. Because the FBI in, is involved, uh, I think the Corpus Christi PD is kind of leaving it up to them to do any type of uh, – Gathering of information of that sort. Uh, I was told, you, you know, by Detective Ramirez, well, you know, the, the FBI is involved. Um, you know, that makes this a, um, uh, how did he say it? I don't want to say federal case, but, mm-hmm. but that the FBI took over that investigation. Okay. But he did tell me there's no new leads in my case or Chad's. Mm-hmm. All right. So you don't know if they've gotten those fe- – I mean they wouldn't have to tell you, I guess, unfortunately. But you don't know if they've gotten any information for Chad's phone or not. I, I do not know. Okay. I, would, I think that that would be uh, a huge piece of information uh, regarding – because 
you know, I learned recently, for example, I went to Canada back in September, and there was a time on IFT Mobile where my phone would not work in Canada, or if it did, I'd have to pay some outrageous, you know, cost per minute. Whereas I just went there in September, and could use my phone just like I was using it in the United States. So I don't, you know, I don't know what kind of plan that Chad would have been on, but there, I don't know if there's some sort of a, a agreement between the United States and, and Mexico regarding cell phone service. I don't know that. I'm sure it depends on company and plan and everything else. But either way, it would, I would think that you'd still be able to get information on his phone to see once again where the phone was. Who was he or she texting? Who he or she was contacting? You know, and I realized though that at some point Chad's phone stopped working because you were calling it and it was going to voicemail. But maybe for November tenth, November eleventh, November twelfth, you know, yeah. it might be very informative. So you might uh, that that should be definitely on your list of things to do and ask if they've actually gotten it. Okay. I think that's that's a fairly important. Now, I want to say something else. Uh, there, Being that I haven't gotten to talk to anybody in Chad's family, I want to make clear to all the listeners, there is nothing in this case that would ever lead me to believe that Chad did something to Tammy. Zero. Zero. I am inclined to believe that they both disappeared together. They may be vacationing in Mexico and just starting a new life. It very well may be. But on the other hand, if it was something foul play, I'm inclined to believe that they met it together, that one did not do something to the other. There is nothing in this case that tells me otherwise. Okay, I realize that, Roxanne, you said some things about him earlier, maybe being possessive, etc. You know, I don't know what to make of that. I didn't know them. I'm not saying you're lying. I believe you, but... There's just nothing I, – I don't see anything. Do you see anything? I mean you're Tammy's mother. Do you see anything in here that would lead you to believe that Chad did something to Tammy and then disappeared on his own? No, no. Zero. I, I don't I don't see any evidence of that. I'm not saying, you know, honestly that that hasn't crossed my mind that, mm-hmm. you know, if they are using again, you know, anything could happen. Yes. But no – I don't. I don't believe that's what has happened. I don't. Okay, and I, I agree with you. There's nothing that I see. Now, I this is a, a very. We're going to go back to something we just touched upon for a second, but I, I think that this, you know, is interesting to me, and it's just maybe something that I mentioned to you, and then you were talking to somebody else who kind of came up with the same thing that I find strange. Is there any proof? that they ever went on this cruise from October 28th to, to November 3rd? To be honest, no. Zero. Uh, because, I, because I think the, the big question for me in our last conversation that we had is I asked you, okay, they went on this cruise. cruise have you ever seen any pictures from the cruise? Did Tammy yeah. ever send you pictures? I mean, everybody does that. Even I did that when I went on a cruise by myself back in November in uh, 2012. But you're telling me that Tammy never posted any pictures on any sort of social media site on the internet, pictures of her and Chad together on a cruise. No, there are no pictures anywhere that I know of. Okay. And to your knowledge, did Chad take any pictures, post any pictures, send any pictures to his family, to your knowledge? 
No, and I did speak with Eric about that, and there are no pictures with his family members either. It's that that uh, makes me very suspicious because when the FBI says that the car went across the border many times, well, I start thinking, well, how many times could it have been if they were on a cruise from October 28th to November 3rd? Correct. It's, yeah. So uh, there's that. Okay, I just wanted to to, to get that uh, out there for people to think about. Uh, I think it's very strange uh, when people go on vacations and don't take any pictures, it seems, or at least send them to their loved ones. Uh, as the listeners can tell, this is uh, very, very difficult you know, for you, uh, Roxana. Um, you know, like I said before, this is a, in Unfound's world, this case is very new. The average case that I cover is like 20 years old. Yeah. And what I always tell people like you is that my job is to make sure it doesn't become two years old or three years old or four years old. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're, we want to keep the ages of these cases to an absolute minimum. But what has the last year been like? Oh, the most difficult of my life. Um, I feel like I finally got my daughter back. I felt hopeful. I felt. I felt like I didn't have to worry about her anymore. Yeah. Um. I feel guilty. I feel guilty when I eat. I feel guilty when I sleep. The daily thoughts that go through my head are: I just ate today. Does she have a pillow? Is she warm? Is she cold? And like I said, I at one point I even stepped back because mm. I mentally was falling apart, and I felt guilty about that. Yeah. I just want her home. Either way. I just want her home. I either want her home so I can protect her, or I want her home so I can lay her to rest. I even know, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I have to do this now because I don't think I will be able to do it if she is gone. But I already have her funeral. Her, all of that is already planned out for her. And I have to do that because I know if she's gone, I won't be able to do those things when I when I find that out. But I just need answers. I, I it's not that I need answers. I just need her one way or the other. I feel like I'm stuck in this world where I can't get out. Every day of my life is consumed making phone calls, yelling at people, begging people. That's my life now. That's the life I've lived the last year, and I just want it over. I'm sorry. No, that's that's totally fine, Roxana. Uh, I can tell you that the feelings that you have are not unusual. In fact, when you talk about taking a break, I can tell you that the first person that comes to my mind is the mother of Aaron Barnard. That's a case that I covered in early 2018 where you know he's been missing for 
almost 20 years now. Oh, and, and there was a time where she had to take a step back. You know, she had burned herself out, you know, and it, it was affecting her health, the rest of her family. And she talks about it in the, in the episode. This is not a secret. And uh, a lot of other people have, you know, told me the same thing. Parents who, you know, you go all out and um, you maybe get some answers but not all the answers. It's very, it's very common. And I don't, I don't want you to feel I, – I know this is horrible, but I don't want you to feel bad about you know, feeling like, you know what, I need to take a break. It's, it's very common. It's very natural to feel that way. Um, you know, and it's another reason that in a lot of these cases, once they do get what you would call old, 20 years old, is that a lot of times parents, you know, pass the job off to their children. Yes. You know, um, I, I think of uh, Mikkel Biggs who disappeared in Phoenix, Arizona where she was a little girl. Her younger sister Kimber was there right when the disappearance happened. The family, the parents did it for a while. And then, you know, they felt they did as much as they could do, you know. And then Kimber, you know, is not then taken over, you know, yes. to publicize uh, Mikkel's disappearance and trying to figure out what happened. This is all very natural. It, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. And, I, and I'm here to help in any way I can. But those feelings that you're expressing, the, the guilt, feeling burnt out and everything, it's, they are common topics. You know, and most people in your situation feel the exact same way. You know, and it's just not mothers and fathers either. It's siblings. It's children of missing people looking for their parents. Everybody at one time or another feels like that. Yes. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah, wrong at all. Kind of hard to admit it, but you know, it's the reality of, of this kind of situation. Mm. I mean, I don't, I won't. I don't want people to, to, you know, to take that I, I quit looking for my daughter because I had no. You know, but if you're in this situation, then, and I, I you know, I pray nobody. You know, my hope is that nobody would ever have to go through this again, but that's unrealistic, and I know that. Yeah. But, um, you know, until you're in this situation and you're feeling what these parents and these siblings and these families are feeling like, I think it's hard for people to understand, you know, the, the stepping back and the guilt. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yes. So. And then on top of that, you have scammers out there. I don't know how much you've encountered them, but a lot of my listeners have encountered scammers. People saying oh, that they yes. can't, they can help, and they can't. They're just looking to take your money. Well, not only that, um, the podcast J is for Justice, we had someone, you know, comment, look in West Virginia, you know, the Social Security Administration yeah. on Courier Street. Well, you know, West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia is an hour from my hometown. So I know there is a courier street in Charleston. So we got the West Virginia or the Charleston City Police involved, you know, and that was a dead end. There was no evidence that Tammy and Chad were in Charleston, none whatsoever. Yeah. You know. A lot of cranks out there, a lot of kooks, a lot of people, you know, love to thrust themselves into these cases and they don't know anything. You know, exactly. it, it, it's exactly. it's horrible, and I try to let my listeners know about it as much as possible. 
Um, you know, so, and I, and I've done some counseling behind the scenes with some people, even people who haven't been even on the program where they were this close to giving some kook on the internet $5,000, oh, you know, Lord. you know, and I, I'm the guy, I guess I'm the guy that has to come along and tell that person, you know what, I hate to tell you this, but that's a scam. The yeah. person does not have your daughter. The person yeah. doesn't. I know that sucks, and I know I, I, I know you're maybe going to hate me for a little while for me telling you this, but that's the truth, yeah. you know, so, yeah. and it sucks, but that's the position sometimes I'm put in, but I, I have to tell the truth, because it was a situation where, you know, this person, I think, had they gone through with it, might have put them their own selves in danger, really, really, yeah. really, really bad, so I'm glad the person ended up listening to me. Yes, I am too. Whew. Um, do you have a, a Facebook page, website, anything like that set up for Tammy and Chad's case? Yes, there is, there is a group page uh, called Bring Tammy and Chad Home. Uh, there's also a Facebook page with that same name, Bring Tammy and Chad Home. There's also a GoFundMe page um, trying to save money for us to hire maybe possibly a private investigator or to um, a lot of these searches that we're doing, you have to pay to get the, the search, what you're searching for, the information. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's what that money will be used for. Okay. But, uh, and, and if it's not used, it will all be returned. And what is uh, the GoFundMe page? What is it? Um, let me see. My niece takes care of that. Um, I'm sure it's just bring Tammy and Chad home. Okay, so they could go to GoFundMe, I guess, .com, do a search, they'd find it. Yes. yes. Okay, do that, people. GoFundMe.com, go there, search for Tammy and Chad, Tammy, Arthur, Chad, Peters. Do a search there, and it should come up. Yes, yes. Okay, all right. Uh, Roxana, any final words before we complete this interview? I just want to thank everybody that has got on board for so long. I was alone, or I felt alone. Um, I hit a roadblock every every place I turned to, and now that my case has, you know, their case has been brought to light. The wonderful people that have came on board and that are helping and and searching and making phone calls. I just want everybody to know how much I appreciate everything, every comment. I read every comment. I read every message. I just want the people to know how grateful I am for them. Okay. And um, thank you, Edward, for uh, having us on. Um, You're welcome. And uh, let's just bring them home. Okay. Well, I hope to be able to uh, keep in contact with you, of Roxanne, and of until this, uh, of course, till this is all resolved. Uh, I hope it, I, I, you know, we're doing this interview on December 3rd, 2019. I hope it's resolved this evening, if not tomorrow at the latest. But Thank should you. it go, you know, longer than that, uh, I hope you will keep me posted. I, I think I think a lot of my former guests, if nothing else, they know that I'm a good guy to bounce ideas off of. And get my opinions on things because I have come across so many different kinds of different disappearances. 
you know, different situations. Of course, I know a lot about scammers and how to talk to the police and, and, you know, a lot of, you know, we can, you know, really brainstorm ideas. I think that's what most of my former guests use me for. And I'm more than happy to do it. And everybody knows that I do that for free. So I'd like to do that with you and, you know, you keep me posted. I will definitely keep you posted, Edward. And like you said, bouncing ideas, you know, you've brought to light in my mind some scenarios that I never even possibly thought of. And, you know, that's that's helped open my mind even more to what's really going on here. Okay. Um, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And that was my interview with Roxana Regal, mother of Tammy Arthur. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. I've not spoken to anyone in Chad Peters' family. I would like to if given the chance. However, my perception is they aren't as out in public as much as Tammy's family is. That is not a criticism. That is just my impression. I want to reiterate that there is nothing I've seen in this case that causes me to believe Chad harmed Tammy. Nothing. Zero. And the opposite is also true. There is no proof Tammy could have done anything to Chad. Here now is the recording of Tammy's phone call in which she talks about Chad being held by a cartel. Um, I'm calling about Chad. I'm very worried about him. He went to work today over here in Mexico. We've been staying at a hotel. The Mexican cartel stole our car, took him, will give us back our visas, or, or not our visas, our passports, our IDs, our birth certificates. Can you please call me back in the morning on his phone? He don't even have his phone. I can't be here today. Please call me back, Tom. I'm worried sick about him. Thank you. There are reasons to doubt Tammy is telling the truth in this message. Of course, Roxanna and I have already talked about this during the interview. First and foremost, how did Tammy know a cartel got Chad? Did they allow Chad to call her? Did the cartel call her? Well, if that happened, then the only motivation for the call would have been money. So Chad would have been in some ransom situation, but in the call... Tammy never mentions money at all, something I think she would have done in a ransom situation. Moreover, if this was a situation where Tammy and Chad got in trouble with the cartel, the cartel would have taken both of them. Second, she says Chad was going to work in Mexico when this happened. Uh, Chad wasn't even getting work here in the United States. How did he get a job in Mexico? And it's not like Chad worked for himself. He would have been called to show up somewhere if it was for an electrical job. So why hasn't a company come forward to say our employee was kidnapped in Mexico? Third, as was stated in the interview, Tammy made this call seemingly on the same day she called another friend. But there was no mention of Chad being in trouble on that other call. Why is that? I suppose the explanation could be that the cartel call happened the day after the other call. But Roxana doesn't seem to think so. Finally, gotta be honest, 
Tammy doesn't sound that hysterical in the message. She starts out fairly normal, but then gets a bit emotional at the end. Yet, Tammy truly doesn't sound like a woman who has just found out her boyfriend has been kidnapped by known killers. So in my opinion, Tammy's call is a scam. The problem? That doesn't put us any closer to figuring out what happened to these two. In fact, it's much easier to suspect what happened to them if we believe the call, not not believe it. Having said that, it still very well could be the cartels got to Tammy and Chad, and Tammy's message is still fake. But here's something that can't be ignored. The FBI says Tammy and Chad had been across the border many times before they disappeared, a fact neither of their families knew about. I'm guessing for very good reasons. Along with no pictures from the crews, which I believe was a scheme on their part, I think we can suspect the two were doing drug running or even helping immigrants get into the United States without documentation. Either is possible. But I have to believe that getting into the smuggling business isn't as simple as a couple of Americans going to Mexico and saying, hey, we need a job. That surely didn't happen. The only way Tammy and Chad could have been involved in something like smuggling is if they made contact with someone in the United States who then directed them to people in Mexico. So who is that person? It should be fairly easy to figure out. What I'm saying is the key to this case is surely not south of the border. I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.